When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Hey, stranger. The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. This episode is a special episode. That's because it's all about this year's Tribeca Festival. Yay! More particularly, it is about this year's Tribeca Film Festival. Yay! I don't even know if they draw a distinction between those two things anymore, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, the festival just finished, and I got to see a lot of great movies, one of which was Lost Souls, written and directed by Catherine Proper and starring rapper Suave Seidel. And you'll never guess who my guests are today. Writer-director Catherine Proper and rapper-actor Suave Seidel. How fucking exciting. Suave and Catherine talked to me about their spark, the monster hit, Oscar-winning, Eminem-starring film, Eight Mile. It's a great conversation. We talk a little bit about Lost Souls and the parallels between it and Eight Mile. You're gonna love it. And then stick around after the interview because I'm going to tell you all about some of my other Tribeca faves. Not to be missed, my friend. 
not to be missed. Okay, quick Lost Souls facts. Lost Souls is a film written and directed by Catherine Proper and starring rapper Suave Seidel. It follows a young rapper as he leaves behind his surrogate family and sets out on an expedition across Texas, contemplating new and old friendships. Set to a lo-fi, genre-bending soundtrack, Lost Souls is a moving testament to the connective, healing power of music. Lost Souls had its world premiere at this year's Tribeca Festival. Quick 8 Mile facts. 8 Mile is a biographical hip-hop drama directed by Curtis Hansen and starring Eminem in his film debut, alongside Mackay Pfeiffer, Brittany Murphy, Michael Shannon, Anthony Mackie, and Kim Basinger. The film, which contains autobiographical elements of Eminem's life, follows white rapper Jimmy Smith Jr., aka B-Rabbit, in his attempt to launch a hip-hop career. 8 Mile was a critical and box office success. It opened at number one in the U.S. with $51 million grossed in its opening weekend, and eventually it totaled $242 million worldwide. The album's accompanying soundtrack was a huge commercial success, being certified quadruple platinum, and the film garnered numerous award nominations and wins, including winning an Academy Award for Best Original Song for Eminem's Lose Yourself. And there you have it. Let's move swiftly along to the main event. Here comes my chat with Suave Seidel and Catherine Proper about 8 Mile. The way that these conversations always start is kind of talking about your origin story with the movie. So I am going to make the assumption that you did not both see it for the first time together. So if you want to each just give me a little snapshot of, you know, seeing it for the first time, hearing about it for the first time, um, and, and what that was like for you. When I saw A Mile, I was a kid, and um, it was very impactful for my life because I knew who Eminem was, and I seen him as this big superstar, but to see him in this, this light where he's living in, in harsh conditions and he has a hard life and his mom's on drugs and she has a boyfriend that's the same age as him and all these things, these circumstances that were just, life was just beating him up. But he had the talent and he had the drive, but he just didn't know how to really get it out. So I feel like mm. watching him in that that light was, was very pivotal on me because I feel like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you just got to push. Sometimes life's going to knock you down, but it's about how you get back up. Right, right. Yeah, um, it's it that the whole story. I think you know people compare it to Rocky and say that it's like you know the same kind of path of somebody like being the underdog and really striving for something and working hard and trying to make it happen. But having a movie like that that's about a musician, I think, was a pretty unique thing. And just having somebody who is a global superstar being the lead playing that part was also a really unusual thing. Um, and it was really exciting. Yeah, but C Catherine, what was your experience? It's funny because I don't remember um, exactly the first time I saw the film, but I remember the impact of the song Lose Yourself. And I remember that sort of it was paired with the release of the film. And that song was just like so iconic and played all the time and was memorized by me and all my friends. And I felt like it was one of those songs that everyone knew the words to and would sing along to. So I feel like Maybe I think of Eight Mile and I think of that song. Um, and then also I, I love some of the actors in it, like Brittany Murphy and Kim Basinger, I think is in it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I remember um, 
when I watched that film, I remember thinking like, I wonder how much of this is based on Eminem's real life, because there are certain aspects to the film, like it being set in Detroit that ring true. And then there are certain things that, you know, feel like it's part of a movie. But yeah, I, I don't know. It was a really iconic film for sure when I was growing up. Right. Yeah. And I mean, lo- Lose Yourself, not only like being a big song that was kind of the the theme song for this movie, I guess. First hip hop song to win an Oscar. Eminem's first number one song. Like he had had a lot of hits until that point, but had never had a number one. Um, So that's another really interesting thing about it is it's like a movie about music, about creating music. And the soundtrack was huge. Um, So the the, uh, music that's involved in the film is something that kind of takes on a life of its own and becomes its own thing outside of it. And I guess that, you know, that happens a lot with with film soundtracks, but not in a way where the music is so integrated into the plot. And I mean, I guess that's a good tie-in connection with Lost Souls as well, that that same kind of feeling of centering musicians in a story about musicians and not, you know, there are movies like whatever, A Star is Born, where it's more about the chaos and drama and the music is kind of secondary so yeah, that was one of the things I thought was really cool about this movie is like, and showing like the, the battles and um, having people freestyling and stuff. And yeah, love it. But uh, also a lot of people having their start in this movie, like Anthony Mackie, who is now super duper famous. That was his first movie. <laughs> that was his first what? Yeah. Oh my, I, re- I remember him in it and uh I remember him in and I was like, damn, this is good. Like every every actor in it was good. It was like super raw. I felt real authentic. Mm. But I would I would never know that was his first movie. That's great. Yeah. And you have a lot of, you know, uh, other rappers, um, people who are not actors in it, you know, like exhibit and people from D twelve and stuff. Um but also having these like, you know, like you said, Kim Basinger and these huge, huge stars. I think she had just won an Oscar, like uh, Curtis Hansen, who directed this, directed LA Confidential as well. So I think that was the connection between the two of them. But taking it seriously as well, not saying this is an Eminem movie, we're going to make it. And it's like, who cares about the story? We're just going to make money off of him. And it's going to be whatever it is. Actually really caring about making it a film that means something instead of just a way to kind of cash in on stuff, um, which is really important to me too. I also love the title because I feel like the film is also very much a portrait of Detroit and um, Detroit is a character of the film. And I think Eminem's character works at an auto factory, I want to say something Mm -hmm. auto related, but you know, you think of Detroit and you think of cars and I always think of sort of a city that's sort of suffered with the way factories have shut down and the automotive industry has moved overseas. And I don't know, I think it's just a cool portrait of Detroit too. And so I don't know, (laughs) I like that about it. The title, obviously too, 8 Mile. (laughs) Yeah, 8 Mile, because I like Detroit, 8 Mile is like separates the sides of town. Like, rich from the poor type vibes mm-hmm. yeah so it's like it's like the most pivotal street in detroit right and that there's all of these extra layers of division that come up when it's like it's a lot about class as well and about you know people living in a really poor area you know i mean i'm growing up in a trailer park and really struggling to make ends meet and then also having detroit kind of be a character that it's like exactly what you said Catherine. that it, it's uh, the 
locations are real places in Detroit. It's not like filmed on a soundstage somewhere. And you have that feeling of what it's like to live there or, you know, um, Eminem's version of Detroit and what it was like for him. So yeah, that's pretty cool too. But in addition to the kind of storytelling stuff, I mean, like, did did anything about the the music in the movie, like the rap battles and and just like Eminem freestyling in the parking lot of the auto place, any of that kind of <laughs> hit you? It wasn't a direct influence on the freestyles in our film, but I feel like Eight Mile was just on my consciousness as a film that's quintessential hip hop movie about a musician. And I guess I kind of wanted to do a film that was a little bit less gritty and less dramatic in a way. Um, It would still have, you know, some contemporary forms of drama, but I feel like Eight Mile is kind of like on a scale of one to 10, it's like on the 10 side of the drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I saw it more like as something that I wanted to contrast our film with too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to to my mind as a viewer, the way that Detroit is a character in 8 Mile, the music is a character in Lost Souls, that it's like this connective tissue And there's a story, there is a plot, there's something that's happening, there's a journey that all these characters are going on, literally and figuratively. Yeah, the the music is really the thing that the glue that kind of binds it all together, which is great. Absolutely. And we were really privileged to have a very talented group of musicians work on the music at a band camp before production where we wrote and produced the songs, or at least um, the first drafts of the songs, I'll say. And so we had that music with us before production and um, the cast could listen to it and memorize it and sort of have it in their soul while we were making the film. And um, I'm a fan of the music, so I was like, let's put it all in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's great. We are going to take a teeny tiny microscopic break and then we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Suave, from from your perspective, I guess seeing, you know, in 8 Mile, but in other movies, the way that music is used when it's performance in music, not just the soundtrack. I guess since we're talking about 8 Mile, specifically with that, do you like, did that have an impact on you um, seeing the way that that music was used in that? Um, I feel like I've always wanted to be in a music type of movie and um, 8 Mile for sure is one of the one i think of a music movie i feel like that's like the epitome of like that or like maybe nwa but really it's eight mile because just the way he's like he has the talent he's trying to push it out but it's like gives you the build up it's like it doesn't give you the song and i feel like lost souls kind of you know, has that a little bit like well he's working on this song and it's, it's like when are you going to hear the song you know but i feel like the performances of the song are actually like more prominent because you can actually see it feel it and it's not just like a 
Like you're trying to watch the scene and listen to the song and pay attention to what's going on in the plot. Mm -hmm. It's like more direct in, in the face. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, another interesting thing that I was thinking about is just the fact that Eminem had never acted before. He had never, you know, this was a totally new thing and nobody knew how well he was going to do. And I think there was a lot of speculation about that as well. In addition to people being a, a bit skeptical just about a movie about hip hop that seemed like a very conventional narrative that people thought it might be kind of cheesy or, or something. I don't know. Um, I don't want to speak for the entire viewing public at that time, but um, <laughs> just that combined with being kind of skeptical about just, you know, this guy who's a huge musician who's globally known, but has never, at least as far as anybody knows, acted. And he was great. And it is this kind of natural and all of the, the, you know, Exhibit has like two seconds in it. There are other people, you know, people from D12 and whatever, but every, nobody stands out as like that guy needs some lessons or anything like that. Um, so that's really, you know, it adds to the uh, naturalism, the, the feeling that it is something that is really happening when people are really committed to it. Um, in addition to having that music going on. I feel like Eminem was amazing as an actor and um, I, I don't know if he was the first, but there's been like a long lineage of rappers who have transitioned um, into acting careers and have done it really successfully from Common to Ludacris to Ice Cube and Ice T. Yeah. But, you know, and I, again, I think the thing that is unusual about this is that I can't think of an instance where another rapper has been basically playing themselves. Like, I know this is kind of a fictionalized version of his life. Only one person. Who? 50 Cent. Oh, yeah. Oh. Get Rich or Die trying. Or is that the way yeah. you think? Yeah, that's true. But ironically, they are literally connected. And those movies have the same gritty feel. Yeah. But one's New York, one's Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there you go. And coincidentally, 50 Cent has been um, talking a lot about how they are trying to develop an eight mile TV show. So oh. um, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, yeah, but but you know, tons of movies, like you said, like um, NWA making movies about rappers, about uh, you know, true stories about uh, hip hop groups, or you know, fictionalized stories that just have actors playing rappers. But this, uh, it's it's unusual, and it's it's always refreshing to see that somebody who you're not sure, you know, somebody who you love in a different discipline can actually do stuff in other media as well. Um, it's really nice. Kind of like Little Dicky or Jack Harlow. Like, right. I love Dave, uh, Childish Gambino. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You know, like Dave and Atlanta. Oh, it's like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's just kind of like allowing people to be talented in a lot of different ways and not limiting what an artist can do um, is, you know beneficial to everyone and uh, allows for a lot of really great stuff to be made. Uh, I guess, again, in um, the, the kind of connection between your movie and, and 8 Mile, uh, you know, I know that this is suave, this is not a, a story about you, um, but do you did you feel any connection with the character you were playing? Did it ha resonate with uh, any, any of the, like, 
real experiences that you've had as a musician or in your life? There were a lot of things that I felt like attached to or they resonated and it felt like, oh, I went through this, you know what I mean? Or something similar to this. His whole upbringing, other than like parent stuff and like all that, like I, I felt like it's really similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I still had to pull though. I had to, had to pull emotions and go places that I, I wasn't, not, I wouldn't say comfortable, but places that I really haven't gone before and having to do that in front of a 30 camera crew and cast and whoever else wants to watch and having to forget that they're there and act like I'm in a whole different boat. Yeah. But like the only thing that kind of kept that easy was like, oh, well, I already kind of went through this. So it's like. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think for for any actor, that's a, a really normal thing is to try and find the ways that you and your character are similar where there's crossover and you know obviously when you're playing somebody who's not yourself there's going to be a lot of stuff that doesn't match but yeah that's really cool and again referring back to um eight mile having a cast that's like half people who've never been in movies before who were musicians and half huge hollywood superstars who you know this is their bread and butter this is what they do for their life i find that contrast really interesting too and again it's a testament to Eminem's performance and all the other performances in the film that none of the people who are doing it for the first time are it doesn't like stick out you don't say oh those are the people who don't you know don't belong here or who are kind of ruining the illusion so yeah like you said uh you said Anthony Mackie that was his first movie yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't if you told me uh Eminem that was, you know what I'm saying? That's his first movie. I wouldn't have believed it because it, it just felt so like authentic. Even like when they went to go burn the house down and go party and shoot paintballs at the cops and all that stuff just felt so real. Felt like I was there with them, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like Lost Souls kind of has that aspect mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. It's like, just like you feel like you're a part of whatever's going on. It's just so like fun and like, just like, ah. Oh. But yeah, I love that about in my house. I would have never known that. I thought all of those people were professional actors when I was a kid. I didn't really even think like. Yeah, yeah. I think Anthony Mackie had done a lot of like uh, theater and maybe one TV show, but that was his first movie. And like rewatching it because he's so famous, I'm like, oh, he's one of the stars, but he only has, you know, a few lines. You see his face a lot. He's just like the antagonist kind of, what's the name? Clarence or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Clarence. yeah. He said that the freestyle at the end when they're having like, you know, the, the final boss of the rap battle that Eminem took stuff about Anthony Mackie's real life and was kind of digging into him about stuff that wasn't about his character. It was like about his real life. And he was like, Whoa, like that's me. That's not the guy I'm playing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of funny. And again, like mixing, uh, blurring the lines between reality and, and uh, what the film is. Yeah. But like Catherine, I mean, I guess like what are, what are your feelings about that? The way that Eight Mile has uh, a mix of different kinds, you know, artists from different disciplines who may or may not have very much film experience. Like, how much does that kind of feeling inform uh, your filmmaking? Like, how important is it to you to you know the level of experience that somebody has uh, on camera um, before before you want to work with them? 
Um, well, I think for Lost Souls, it was really important that we cast actors who had musical backgrounds for the musician roles. We knew we were going to have these performance scenes that were written in the script, and I knew I wanted people who could realistically either freestyle or just perform and not feel uncomfortable. And it's difficult enough as it is just finding young actors in general. And when you're um, making an independent low budget film, it's, you know, it's not always like you can ask the Jack Harlow's of the world either. To, or even if you did, um, you might not get them in your movie. So uh, I think one thing that also helped was that, you know, Suave knew some of the actors in the crew beforehand. He knew the actor who played Wesley, his name is young Bambi and Suave knew Bambi because they were both in like the Austin San Antonio hip hop scene. Suave also knew Seven or Aaron Malul and um, Suave recommended that I um, reach out to him. So I felt like that past camaraderie helped. Um, and a couple of the other actors um, that Suave didn't know beforehand, like Malachi, who plays Kai, and um, Alex Brackney, who plays Mao, they also knew each other and were friends before. So there were like people who kind of already had friendships and connections. And so when they were coming together as one crew, I felt like that past chemistry helped and informed the, I don't know, the relationships a bit. And so I was just really grateful that they did become friends in real life too, because I think it read on screen that they, that they kind of connected um, in ways that we could have only hoped for. So in the videos of Wesley, cause like there's like part where Wesley gets his like tribute and a lot of the videos that you use, like I was in them because I was actually with him in that time, seven, eight years ago, but it just looked like a memory. And it's like, wow, when we were recording these memories, we, we didn't think that one day this would be like a piece to a movie, like that will make it like stronger. Yeah, those iPhone videos in that montage scene um, were real iPhone videos that, uh, well, some of them were real. A few of them were, were ones that I did myself, but the ones that were of Bambi when he was younger were ones he sent me from his phone and Suave just happened to be in some of them because uh, <laughs> they had hung out before or eight years ago. And um, even your friend Sketchy was also in some of them. And I thought that was interesting, Suave. I, I mean, it, it definitely that all does read on the screen. And it like there's this closeness um, that you can really feel. And, you know, the uh, I mean, I was just thinking this like the guys from D12 Eminem was really close friends with them. A lot of them he came up with and, you know, Proof was the inspiration for Mackay Pfeiffer's character in 8 Mile. And he was supposed to play that character, but he didn't turn up for the audition. And he has a small part in, in it as well. But anyway, they, they, like having people who you feel already have this closeness to, who you're comfortable with, and then translating that into a story and, um, you know, having these existing relationships that you can kind of transfer onto the characters is really, it's a, a really wonderful thing. Um, I feel immensely satisfied. Um, I think this was uh, a wonderful, wonderful chat. I, I really appreciate you guys making time for me. Um, again, congratulations. The movie is really, really fantastic. Uh, but yes, thank you so much again. This was really, really fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. This is a good talk. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye. 
Woohoo! Thanks again to Suave and Catherine for making time for me. Check out Lost Souls as soon as it's released. And now it's time for my little sparks of the week. Uh, I'm going to give you my top three from Tribeca. So we have a drama, a music documentary, and a film that is both of those things at the same time. So first up is Smoking Tigers. It is the story of a first-generation Korean-American teenage girl growing up in Los Angeles. It's directed by So Young Shelly Yo, making her feature directorial debut, which is very impressive, given that this movie is very good. Uh, so yeah, the main character's parents are separated. Her dad is kind of a fuck-up. Her mom is super strict, so she's dealing with a bunch of stuff while also dealing with all of the usual bullshit that comes with being a teenager. Um, it's a really simple movie, but it's so well done. And the performances are amazing. It's a coming-of-age story told from a, a perspective that doesn't normally get a lot of focus or attention in these types of films. So yeah, check it out if you like a little slice-of-life drama action. Uh, then I saw a music documentary called Songs About Fucking, which is about Mark Rebellier, who is kind of a cross between, I don't know, this is a bit reductive, but Reggie Watts and Lil Dicky. He would probably not like the little dicky part, but whatever. He improvises his live shows and they're sort of R&B and soul and sort of house music and he performs in his underwear. So it's quite a spectacle, but he's super talented and this movie gives a lot of insight into his life and also gives a little behind the scenes look at life on the road, which looks simultaneously like the best and worst thing ever. Um, there's also a lot of stuff about his relationship with his parents, in particular his father. His dad was quite old when Mark was born, and he died of Alzheimer's when Mark was in his 20s. And uh, the movie really digs into the ways that his dad's death affected him. Um, it's funny, and it's sad, and really, really entertaining, so I highly recommend that. And then finally, my absolute favorite was Cypher. It's sort of a documentary about Tierra Whack. Like, it is a documentary about Tierra Whack. There's tons of footage from her whole career, and she's interviewed specifically for the film as well. But it's also not a documentary. It's got a fictional narrative thrown in in the most interesting, bonkers way, and I fucking loved it. I mean, I think Tierra Whack is amazing anyway. Her approach to music making and her visuals and her style are all so unique. And Cypher's director, Chris Mukrabel, I'm butchering that last name, I'm sure. Sorry. He does a, a similar thing with the documentary form. He just turns it on its head and it's just so, so, so fucking good. I can't recommend it highly enough. And the Tribeca jury agreed with me because it won Best U.S. Narrative Feature. So go check it out as soon as you can. And that's about it for now. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. I'm going to give you a nice little bonus episode this Friday. So keep an eye out for that or an ear or both. And, you know, get outside this week. You've been staring at those screens too long. Go out there and play with your friends. And until next time, uh, bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.